Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, as we were talking, Steve, before the podcast, this is not an elimination game, so it's not must win. But boy, for the Tampa Bay Lightning in game four, it sure feels like you need to win. Because that game the other night on Saturday in game three, losing in overtime the way they did. But not just that. But man, a lot of officiating calls that didn't go maybe the Lightning's way, to say the very least. And of course, um, the biggest one being the hit that uh, Braden Point took into the boards courtesy of uh, Toronto's Morgan Riley. I would argue the biggest one was the goal they called off that point. Well, that, yes, you're very, very well could be exactly right because then they would have had four goals and had a two-goal lead, and they win that game. And your point on that one was, why are they blowing the whistle at all? Well, that was John Cooper's point. I mean, they actually took two goals off the board. Now, after review, they allowed Mm -hmm. the Brendan Hagel goal to score because even though they blew the whistle when the puck wasn't dead, Right. But the puck continued to go in the net unimpeded by anybody and, and not knocked yeah. in by the lightning after the whistle went off, so they allowed that goal, and that's in the rules that way. Yeah. On the second one, the whistle had not blown yet, uh, but the official lost sight of the puck, and his intent was to call the play dead, which in the rules says it doesn't matter if the official's blown his whistle or not. If he intended to, to stop play, because he lost tr- sight of the puck or thought it was a, a the puck was stopped, then that's what matters, and that's what the official said: "Is I intended to stop play, even though he hadn't <laughs> blown the whistle yet." <laughs> I intended, but I intended to not run the red light. But as John Cooper said, you know, what adv- what advantage are you gaining by blowing the whistle that quickly? Yes, None. you lost that, but you're way on the other side of the ice from there. What what's the yeah. advantage? There's no reason to do that in that situation, right. at that point, and. It ended up costing the I mean, it's not why the Lightning lost the game, but if had you scored a fourth goal, there's a good chance yeah. you're winning that game. Well, you win it. You win it four to three or mm-hmm. four to two, um, just based on the the virtue of the score. But um, yeah, yeah, you can look at that, and that you're right. That you can't take goals off off the board, especially when you're trying to cling to a one goal lead. Mm-hmm. The other thing about it that bothers me, and we can certainly talk about Morgan Riley's hit, is that. No matter what, right? Like the Lightning, and I, I agree with them, they played their best game of the series. Like that was from start to finish a dominant performance, right, on both sides of, of the ice. Which is impressive yet, when you won the first game 7-3. to three. Yeah, right, exactly. But then, you, you know, you gave up a ton of goals in game two. But this one was a complete game. And yet, in the, in the most crucial moments, all official calls aside, you can't let a team tie the game with 60 seconds left in regulation. It, it just, however that happens, you got to find a way to keep that puck out of there. And, in, and then, if you couldn't do that, and you go to overtime, and I mean, they dominate, I don't know how many, what, how many shots they have in overtime. It was like 19 or 20 or something. It was ridiculous. But you get to overtime, and you lose a faceoff. 
and, and it ends up in the back of your net with under a minute. So a minute to go in regulation, tie game, you had a one-goal lead, and then you lose the game in overtime in under a minute. That's just devastating. That can't happen in those big moments. You have to play those bigger and better. Yeah, yeah, and, and I know that, you know, I didn't see the television broadcast, but I know Dave Michigan and Phyllis Bozito specifically before that faceoff said this is a big, important faceoff. Mm-hmm. They lose it, and mm-hmm. it ends up in your net. And I, I think it probably hit Braden Point on the way in, so it changed yeah. trajectory, which, is, you know, messed up Andre Vasilevsky. You know, right. he's just trying to make a play there. But it's I don't want to say it's devastating because I, I think this team is really good at keeping things in perspective. Yep, and, and and as you heard, John Cooper and Stephen Stamkos and others after the game. I mean, if they play that way, the rest of this series, they like their chances. Sure, they because do. they played a complete game. They played a really good game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, you you got some unlucky breaks. Whether it was they did just bounces of the puck and some you know hitting off Braden Point there, changing trajectory, etc. Or whether you're gonna the officials with. You know, giving a power play on on Riley's hit on point, or the the goals the goal that was called off. I mean, you know, whatever you whatever you think. I mean, there were some bad bounces for it. Bad breaks. Yep. They played a great game. Sometimes the best team doesn't win a game. Usually the best team does, but it doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those instances where, you know, the the best team on the ice that night did not win the game. Right. And you go to overtime, anything can happen and sometimes does. And I think mm-hmm. it did in this case, as you mentioned with the faceoff. Um, let's, let's talk about this, this call, this, this play, because for all the world in real time, boy, if that, if that didn't look like boarding, right, a Braden point, then I don't really know what is. But then when you break it down, you see that he's losing his edge. It's two guys kind of going for it. Um, I think you've said by the by the letter of the of the law the rule, um, when you're within three feet of the boards, whatever it is, you just can't help a guy, you know, into the wall. Um, but here's the thing that we really got screwy, right? When that play happens in real time, everybody, in, I think, in the arena and certainly everyone on the Lightning bench thought they saw what they saw, and they play a lot of hockey, right? They, they played a lot of hockey in their life. They know what it looks like. And regardless, immediately, because it's Braden Point, but any teammate, but especially Braden Point, man, you see Stamkos and Kucherov stepping in and stepping up for their guy, right, standing in for him. Uh, and while Point is, as John Cooper said, looked like he'd gotten in a car crash mm-hmm. and was trying to get himself back together. So you appreciate that. There, to them, in their minds, there's really nothing else to do except stand up for your guy. And then you look up and you go, wait a minute. How did the how did the Toronto Maple Leafs get a power play out of that hit? <laughs> it's just the stupidest thing. Like, that can't happen, man. Like, you know, you had, you had three of your top scorers. One of them is out because he's injured. And then you have Stamkos and Kucherov in the box. That hardly seems like the result that it should have been after that hit by Toronto. That's the part I have a problem with. Yeah, I mean, so, look, in, in real time, it definitely looked like that should have been a five-minute major, which was what they called on the ice. Mm-hmm. I think once you looked at the replay and, and you analyzed it, I, I don't believe it was a five-minute major, but it was boarding. Right. right. How he right. didn't get a two-minute boarding call, I do not understand. Makes no sense. 
Right. And, and you know, Cooch get, deserved all the penalties he got, and obviously Stamkos and Matthews fought. It should have been an even upper at that point. I don't understand yes. how. Someone should come the, out with an advantage, much less Toronto. Yeah. How do you give the Lightning or put Toronto on the power play when – on the ice, you as officials, you thought it was a five-minute major, which means you thought it was a really bad play. <laughs> the officials on the right. ice called it that way. Now, when you looked at the re- replay, it wasn't. But the officials in real time thought it was a bad play. I mean, you don't call five-minute majors just for a pound. I mean, that's that's a bad play when you're calling five-minute majors. Right. You know, you're reviewing to throw the guy out of the game. Or you could yep. reduce it, which is what they did. How you give a power play to the other team. And then Sheldon Keefe's comments are laughable. The coach for yeah, Toronto. Yeah, that didn't make sense. Who's saying, oh, well, Kucherov and Stamkos, they were going on the penalty kill, so they took Austin Matthews off the ice. How does well, that help them? Well, first of all, in the moment, Kuch and Stamkos believe they're going on a power play. Right. They want to be on the ice. Everybody yeah. thought it was a bad play, which is why they reacted the way they did. The officials called a five-minute major. They think they're going on a power play. For Cooch and Stamkos mm-hmm. to take themselves off the ice when they think they're going on a power play. Yeah, that's not smart. That means that means they think something bad happened to their guy. Mm-hmm. So for Sheldon Keefe to sit there and say the Lightning manipulated the officials, I mean, that's a joke. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could not like what St- Kucherov and Stamkos did. That's fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe they overreacted based on when you look at, you know, what actually happened, it wasn't as bad as you thought. Okay, sure. Fair enough. But to sit there and think they manipulated the officials, I mean, come on. That that's just that's just a coach trying to game or win points in the media or whatever. Uh, it's it's Yeah. He's not speaking uh I mean he called it, quote, a classic example of championship team like Tampa Bay manipulating the officials and taking advantage of the situation. They certainly didn't take advantage of the situation. It actually went against them. Well, and, the uh, advantage that he's saying is that they took Matthews off the ice knowing they were going yeah, on a power play. Yeah, they took him play. off they the ice. They didn't know Toronto right, was but, going on a power play. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and if anything, they'd have thought they were going on a power yeah, play. Yeah, and so Stamkos th- took himself off the ice. Yeah, that that's something they wouldn't have done. John Cooper said, manipulating the referees, I'm not sure what that means. I'd say this, when the hit happened, I think everybody watching at home and everybody in the building thought, including us, we're going to go on a power play. Mm-hmm. So our two best players, I don't think they would ever sit there and take themselves off the power play unless they thought something unjust had just happened. And he said, you know, as far as Matthews goes, he doesn't kill penalties. So that actually worked against the Lightning as well. Um, they ended up being shorthanded after the fight. And um, I, like I said... When you drive Braden Point into the boards and, and the 20,000, I know most of them Lightning fans, but you got 19,000 people at the arena and millions more at home thinking, okay, that's boarding. Um, yeah, I don't think that's them trying to manipulate the referees. That's just ridiculous. Uh, and I don't, and listen, Point came back. He came back before the period ended for one shift, missed two. But then he finished the game. So, We'll have to kind of watch him to see what residual effect that might have. I don't, I don't know the upper body part that he may have injured when he slammed into the wall. But so it was funny. Have, so later Saturday night, I guess there was some fight. I don't. I'm not a big. Yes, there was a boxing match. Okay, yes. I'm not a big boxing MMA, or MMA, or or UFC, like that, whatever, yeah. whatever fight it was. And I saw Jay Glazer tweeting about a liver shot. Okay, and okay. he said. 
he says when and, and just ironically he says liver shots are the worst man because you you get hit there and you think everything's fine and then a couple seconds mm. later it hits you mm. and i'm mm. almost wondering if you know i don't know if it actually hits the liver but that's what they call it at least in the fighting world that he hit you know that that spot or whatever maybe it is the liver that you know he was okay at first because he got up and then he kind of fell down as he was skating back to the ice yeah he's holding his side and and you know it, he it looked like he went into the wall mostly with his with a shoulder, mm-hmm. but if you've got your elbow down, you know near close to your body, and yep. you you get impinged like that, you could shove your arm right through your abdomen. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so that kind of a, a collision, um, if you liken it to a car accident, you know a lot of times people get in a car accident and there'll be trauma. There'll be no blood. There'll be nothing. Um, the cops come, paramedics come, and there's no visible anything, and they go, you feel all right? Yeah, I feel fine. They go over there, and they sit on the curb, and they drop dead because they have a lacerated spleen, you know, or something like that, or liver. Um, so you just don't know until you get, you know, they examine them and stuff. The fact that he was able to finish the game is a good sign, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether he was the same Braden Point or not remains to be seen. Well, the, the real question to, is how does he feel on Sunday and now on Monday as you're correct. listening to this podcast? And Yes. Um, you know, there'll be a morning skate on Monday morning. The Lightning did not practice on Sunday. So, uh, right. And John Cooper said he hadn't seen him Sunday. Uh, he did a Zoom with the media. But so the players weren't there, or you know, presumably in that. So we'll find out maybe today if he's at the morning skate or it could be an optional morning skate too where maybe he doesn't take part. We'll find out. But mm-hmm. um, if they don't have Braden Point tonight, that'll be a huge loss. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they've, they've been in the position of having to trail Toronto before. <laughs> they've mm-hmm. come back to win. Well, last year they um, were down two games to one with game four at home. Yes. Now, yes. game three went a little differently. They kind of got – they had a bad game three. Mm-hmm. And, but they came back and won game four to go to back to Toronto tied 2-2. That's right. So, I mean, remember last year in the series they trailed one nothing, they trailed 2-1, and they trailed 3-2 in the series and ended up winning mm-hmm. at 4-3. So, um you know, they're not out of it by any means. Um, they have to win three of the next four. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, but if they play the way they played Saturday night, you like their chances. Yeah. They, Question play, is, they played they, a really good game. Do that? Headman back helped a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, was, Headman said he was disappointed that, you know, he couldn't be there for them. Uh, in game two, and mm-hmm. I think that was definitely a a factor. But yeah, having him on the ice is a calming calming situation. Speaking of the Lightning, we're gonna have a chance to talk with Lightning beat writer Eduardo Encina. He'll be on the podcast here uh, this week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We're gonna get into the Rays and their sweep of the Chicago White Sox, but first, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. We've been talking about this for a while. It's called May. Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been in the area now for 13 years installing solar electric panels. And in a field with all these fly-by-night companies, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. How long will they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty? Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's what they're calling the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You see exactly what they're going to install. They'll customize it to your needs. 
Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So you know all those people up there with those solar panels on the roof. Those are Billy Mays guys. They're doing a great job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve those appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, it was a good weekend for the Tampa Bay Rays. They swept the Chicago White Sox, and they are now 13-0 and at the Trop. And some good crowds to boot. Uh, I think there was like 22,000 in there the other night. They won on Sunday 4-1, to and they matched the best home start in the major leagues over the past 15 years. Uh, they also continued hitting at least one home run now um, in each of their 22 games. That's a major league record that they set. Uh, they have 48 home runs to lead the uh, the major leagues. And they're just one of eight teams. This surprised me a little bit. Just one of eight teams to start the season 19-3, and three, uh, which is just remarkable. And that includes uh, the defending World Series champion Astros um, that are gunning for them. A lot of teams gunning for them, including the Astros. And they're going to visit uh, beginning uh, with uh, three games starting tonight at the Trop. So, uh, it's just been it's been amazing to watch them, and it seems to be a different guy every night. Of course, they had two walk-offs against, against the White mm-hmm. Sox. I didn't think there was any way they were going to win that game on Friday night. No, I didn't either. I mean, that, that, was, that was not expected. I'm down the street, and my wife calls me home because my daughter has come back from um, a party or whatnot, a birthday party or something, and, and they're in my driveway, and I'm just – few doors down. I'd watched this entire game right up until the ninth inning. I think there might have been an out. And so by the time I got my car and got home, Brandon Lau had hit the walk-off home run. I was like, I missed the drama. But uh, And then, of course, probably not a great idea, although I understand it. They went into extra innings on Saturday. You know, listen, the, the whole Texas kind of tiebreaker rule where you mm-hmm. put a runner at second base – that's a tough situation for for any team, right? But they went ahead and they they intentionally walked Wander Franco, who had been lighting everybody up. Wander Franco's off to an unbelievable start. I mean, his mm-hmm. bat is is just perfect. But you walk you walk the guy to get to Randy Rosarena, who'd already driven in three runs. I just didn't think that was going to end well, and it didn't. Randy jumped on the first pitch, and um, I didn't know. I think this is his first walk off. As a matter of fact, his first walk off hit. Drove in all, all four runs, and the Rays won again. And then, of course, um, they mentioned Zach Eff- Eflin came back his first game, pitched really well, mm-hmm. looked look sharp, and they get a couple more home runs. Luke Rayleigh and um, and what, Ramirez, right? Mm-hmm. Harold Ramirez went deep. So now He's got, what, it six is, home runs in 17 games played or something? Where last year, or five, I think he's got five in 17. Last year he played like 120 games and had six. He had six all year. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um yeah, he 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 went oppo, he jacked it. Mm-hmm. And uh th- this lineup, I think I was listening to some guys on baseball and I talk about this. Regardless of who they played, and the White Sox have a losing record and all that. But there's enough of a sample size now. This is twenty two games that mm-hmm. they have played. Mm-hmm. And are they gonna stay this hot? No. Probably not. No team does. Having said all that. You can't say that these are just a couple of hitters, right, that are sort of hitterish, as Joe Madden would say. 
these guys are who they are. They have put in the work. They have improved as players. They've got some young players like Rayleigh, who had been struggling a little bit before um, before this game. Uh, but but a lot of them have made adjustments. I think the biggest one is Rosarena. And, and I think the guy that's just an absolute stud, superstar, as we've all known, but he's healthy now and he looks it, uh, was, was Wander Franco, which mm-hmm. they can't seem to get out. So, But one through nine, I mean, this this lineup is they're all hot at the same time. And it's a different guy. Christian Bethengort. I mean, that guy's been money. You know, with the, with mm-hmm. the long ball, with driving in runs, doubles, um, not not necessarily a guy that you would count on for a lot of offense because he's such a good catcher. But mm-hmm. they're getting it from him. Well, how, how much com- more comfortable does Josh Lowe look? And, oh, and, you yeah. know that you know last year, you know they had traded Austin Me- Me- Meadows to make room yep. for him, and he struggled mm-hmm. and spent a lot of the year down in AAA because of that. But how much more comfortable does he look in his second year of of being up here? For some and he's and he's playing well. I mean, the the whole team seems to be feeding off each other. They really are. You they know, really it's are. that you just had a good at bat. You had a good. I'm going to go have a good at bat. It's you know, it's almost mm-hmm. that you know momentum. It happens every game. Yeah, and and they're jumping on teams and they're outscoring mm-hmm. them by a ton of runs. Um, most runs in the major leagues by far, but they're getting on top of of, uh, of teams. They're still pitching in well and playing defense. I think Franco has found another gear. I think he's taken it to another level. Mm-hmm. And if you can get Rayleigh going again, he's got – I think he hit his fourth home run the other night. It's just it's just a really deep, deep lineup that they flip it over and, and you're in trouble. And they can run. They run the bases well. Uh, they can steal bases. That, that's a big asset. Uh, Everything is just going right for the race. And – if you're Kevin Cash, you don't really want to sit there and explain how this is happening because you just want to keep that wave going. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I I think this is a it's a big series in many ways. Um, not the least of which is the Houston Astros are a pride te- a proud team and they have pedigree and world champ defending world champs and most teams are going to get their best shot anyway. But to come in here with with the Rays having won every game at home this year. That can put a little bit of pep in the step of a team that's, you know, may or may not have a little bit of a hangover effect after winning the series a year ago. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be highly competitive. These teams have met in the playoffs before. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And, man, if they can keep this going, 19-3, and three, right? So let me give I you mean, some numbers is, on that. Let me give you some numbers yeah, on that. Yeah. Tampa Bay is one of eight teams in MLB history since 1901, to win 19 of its first 22 games. Just eight. Since 1901. The first since the 87 Brewers, who also went 19-3. and Okay. Only two teams have done better than that, both 20-2. and You remember these teams. The 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers and the the 1911 Detroit Tigers. (laughs) Like to say, I I don't remember that one. Um (laughs) The Dodgers, let's see, 55, my mom or something, her dad made it come down to Tampa or St. Petersburg. I don't really know. It was a long time ago. And, and, and that's what they're doing, right? Like every day, and the Rays PR machine is cranked up in overdrive, but every day they're running down 100-year-old records, right? Mm-hmm. They're testing the very boundaries of, of recorded time in Major League Baseball. Well, let's talk about uh, the win streak to start a season at home. Yeah, yeah. Two of their – the uh, the Rays are one of three clubs to win each of their first thirteen home games in a season since nineteen oh one. The O nine Dodgers, who won thirteen in a row, 
lost the 14. And Whoa. the 1907 New York Giants, who won 15 in a row Jeez. to start a season. So one of three teams That's crazy, to have a 13-game home win streak to start a season. That is crazy. I, ca- I cannot believe how well yeah. they're playing and, and, and how hot they are. For home runs, 23 straight games with a home run. Yes. Tampa Bay is one of 15 teams since 1901 to homer in at least 23 consecutive games. So it's only been done 15 times. In the history of baseball, which yeah. is crazy. And and now you have the live ball era. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've been they've been great. And and getting obviously getting Eflin back, which had um you know, it's gonna have a, a big effect on them. Mm-hmm. Your, How about your this? boy Taj about, Bradley's pitching tonight, so oh I'm I'm fired up about that dude. First of all, I love that he has one of the greatest smiles of a kid ever. He looks like here's the different the thing about Bradley is He's amped up in a way, in a good way. Like he's really, really thrilled to be here. Like he he's letting his emotions on his sleeve when he looks around and has that big smile. But man, he's unflappable on the hill. Like the dude's a strike thrower, flat out strike thrower, and he's got electric stuff. And you know the di- difference between his ninety-seven you know mile per hour fastball and um, you know the, the change up in the slider. I mean, it just all works with the change of speeds, but. He's been so impressive. What is it, like 18 strikeouts, I think, and um, no, 16 strikeouts in like nine innings, 16, 17 strikeouts. So he's been he's been phenomenal. He's been great. And how about the bullpen? Okay, so Pete Fairbanks, mm-hmm. he got his third save the other night. Um, franchise record, consecutive scoreless innings, 29 and a third. Are you kidding me? Yep. That's ridiculous, man. Since 2018, the third longest streak. By a reliever, the Astros Ryan Presley had thirty nine innings, and Josh wow. Hader in Milwaukee had thirty eight innings. Wow, and those those two guys threw absolute gas, mm-hmm. right? Like they they were just, and, and of course, so does so does Fairbanks. But yeah, once again with the records, I mean that the PR machine for the uh, Rays is working overdrive, but uh, well deserved. Um, I didn't see I, I did not see this coming. I did not see uh, very rarely did people see teams come out and win you know, this many games this early, but it just seemed like it was going to be more of a struggle than this. And they, they, like I said, this is not a fluke. They are a deep team. They, they have done in the work, especially on the offensive side of not swinging at bad pitches. We've talked about this where I think the pitch clock may be helping them. And I think that um, certainly the shifts or the lack thereof is helping them as well. Cause they put the ball in play. They're not standing up there striking out a lot. Uh, and when they do that, they're very – and they're jumping on teams. They're coming out and jumping on them right away. You know, so you find yourself in a 2-0, 3-0, 4-0 hole, and it's hard to dig out with that bullpen down there that's been playing really, really well. So good for the Rays, man. Um, this is going to be a story. They won't always be this hot. They will cool down at some point. But you could put a lot of distance between yourself and other teams in the American League East to give yourself, uh, you know, a little bit of wiggle room here. This has been a – a great start in terms of. I remember you know, that's what the Yankees division. did last year. I mean, they yes. they built a big lead, and yeah, the Rays oh, yeah. got close late in the season, kind of three and a half games. Yeah, yeah, but they, you know, but you built up such a big lead that you coasted mm-hmm. near the end. That's right. You know, the Rays now what yeah. a, a four and a half game lead over the Orioles, six games over the the Yankees and the Blue Jays. That's that's the part. That's the part I would get excited about if I'm a Rays fan. Six games over uh, the Blue Jays and the Yankees. That's huge. Really is huge. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So their, uh, their good vibes continue. We're going to have more uh, on the Bucks this week. Of course, the NFL draft is Thursday. You don't have to wait that long. Bruce Arians has his, uh, I guess this is charitable golf tournament out at Innisbrook this weekend. I'll be out there for the uh, the gala type dinner thing that they have Monday night and then they have uh you know they tee off sometime around 11 or so 10:30 11 um next week as well uh on Tuesday. So it should be a, a good weekend and then and then like I said Wednesday we're getting ready for the draft Thursday it's here. 3 days of the draft Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Uh, and we'll probably have a chance to meet their first-round pick, whoever that is, on Friday, I believe. That's the plan to bring him in. Who knows what the Bucks will do? We'll get into that later this week as well. So lots going on. It's a big game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They they don't have to win it, but they certainly need to win it. We'll see if they can duplicate that performance and process that uh, helped them really dominate that overtime game, uh, which they lost to go down in the series two games to one. But it should be a very hyped-up Emily Arena like it was the other night. That place was loud, uh, and they could certainly feel the thunder on that one. But uh, big game for them to see if this team can continue to, you know, be consistent and find themselves back deep in the playoffs. I mean, Toronto still has that little bit of doubt, haven't won a series in so long. But, boy, that was a big win for them the other night, and I thought the Lightning just kind of got – a little bit unlucky. Now, Saturday night was good to see Vita Vea fired the Tesla coils to start the game. How about that? And he had Indomic and Sue with him. <laughs> you know, there's probably room for another veteran defensive <laughs> tackle on his club. I'm just saying, man. He ended up, you know, kind of joining the party a little bit late a year ago. Um, but yeah, you could probably use a an Indomicon Sue, just maybe not for as many snaps, and I don't know what he'd want financially. But those two cats hanging out together had to be a hoot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's a lot of fun. But it, it is a lot of fun. I mean, the, the, the playoffs are terrific. The atmosphere was great, like I said. It was disappointing that they gave up those goals so late in periods and in the overtime. Um, but maybe they will bounce back. And they did it last year. They were down, what, two games to none, right? Wasn't it? Two games to one. They were down one nothing, two, two one. one, and 3-2. So it went every other game until game seven where the Lightning broke go. that streak. There you go. Could could well be that way again. You just don't know. Anyway, should be a fun week. Uh, thanks for listening. Again, for Steve Burst and Gummick, Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.